All right. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? Are you well? Good, good. It's good to see you. Um, again, I am Brandon, family pastor here. Um, pastor Barden, thank you, Katie. Pastor Barden um, and his wife Kathleen and some family are off um, with a trip um, this week. And so just glad for them to, to have some time um, away and resting, relaxing, taking it in. Um, very well deserved. So uh, my wife and family uh, this past week spent uh, a great week with some friends in the mu- much um, sought-after tourist destination of Akron, Ohio. <laughs> no, but it was a good it was a good time with some some close friends of ours. So we had had some time to to rest. Um, how many how many of you all know it's important to rest? Right, we just talked about that. Um, last Sunday, right, and getting that that Sabbath, that rest to um, to relax, to fulfill, to rejuvenate, right? All of us, we all need that, so I'm thankful for that. Um, we're taking a closer look at the Ten Commandments, if you've been with us, um, and, and really gaining an, a greater understanding um, for for what the Ten Commandments are, what they were. Um, and, and I know as we've been walking through these series, I, I think everyone probably has a different um, maybe history with them, um, uh, your understanding of them. Maybe, maybe you grew up in a, in church and you memorized the 10 commandments at some point. Anybody at some point mem- remember memorizing the 10 commandments as a kid, right? That was kind of one of those things we did. Maybe you had one of these hanging on your wall at home. Anyone, anyone have one of these hanging on your wall at home? Every, recognize those. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad that I'm glad like no one raised their hands because I was worried that it was just me. Um, but one of these things, some, some people had the, it looked like a Bible that was open with the 10 commandments written on it that way. Right. These were little r- literal plaques that we had hanging on our walls, but, um, Maybe, maybe that wasn't, I, I think they must have sold these in bulk in the eighties or something. I don't, I don't, at Walmart, did Walmart sell these? I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe you didn't grow up in church though. Maybe that was not your, your background. Um, not real familiar with the Ten Commandments and that's, that's okay. Maybe you see, um, them more as this list of, of rules and, and maybe you're not really sure how they apply, um, to us anymore today. Whatever, whatever your, background or understanding of the Ten Commandments is um, Pastor Barden, as I said, has been trying to, and I'm, I'm going to try to continue as well, to help us look at the Ten Commandments in, in a new and fresh way. We have to see that the Ten Commandments um, are, are, are not this this bad list of do's and don'ts, right? But But they are actually for our good. They're actually for our good. The giving of the Ten Commandments was, was the most loving thing that God could have done for us. And, and so I want us to understand that the reason behind them was, was not to take away our joy, right? But really just the opposite, to give us joy and security. Amen? That, that, was, the, that was the purpose behind them. I, I want you to see them th- this morning. I hope you'll see them as, as guardrails to protect and to bless us in our relationship with God, and as we'll talk more this morning, and with one another. And so the commandment we're going to look at today has everything to do with how we honor one another. You probably know where I'm going already with this one. You see, God brought Israel out of Egyptian captivity, right, out of slavery, and he brings them where? He brings them to himself. 
He brings them to himself. Watch this. Starting in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, this is chapter 26, verse 13. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt so you would no longer be their slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery. Or think of that burden, right? The yoke of oxen on the necks. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck so you can walk with your heads held high. Church, God desired to have a relationship with them. Also in Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 and 4 there, um, also from the NLT. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Do you see those aspects, that desire for relationship in the text? God desired to bring the Israelites to himself. God was the one who brought them out of Egypt, and obeying the law then through the Ten Commandments was a way of showing gratitude for what God did for his people. Pastor and writer um, Kevin DeYoung said this, The Ten Commandments aren't instructions on how to get out of Egypt. They are rules for a free people to stay free. Do you see that? That, that what, what, um, what power in that? I love that. God told them that if you want to have a good life, it will come from having right relationship with me, with God. Here's an important aspect for us then this morning. Also a right relationship with who? With others, right? With each other. Isn't it interesting um, and, and that I would say that the most of our problems, the vast majority of them boil down to some aspect of a broken relationship. Think about that for a minute. Most of our problems in some way boil down to a, a breakdown somehow in relationship. Marriages scarred by, by abuse, friend, friendships ended by betrayal, coworkers jockeying for position instead of relationship, Right. It, 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 they, the, the problems um, boil down to broken relationships. It's often hard to get along with people, right? People think if others just saw it my way, there'd be no issues, right? Anybody ever think that way? Man, if they could just see it the way I see it, we'd be fine, right? There'd be no issues. Philosopher um, John Ruskin said this, the history of the world is not a record of our wars, but the record of our households. The history of the world is not a record of our wars, but the record of our households. How true our culture will be judged and remembered partly, I think, by how well we established and led our families through relationships. What happens in the home then is the most vital thing. And so because God cares about our homes, he cares about relationships that we have with each other, our home represents uh, um, our personal lives, and so he, he he's speaking through us, uh, to us, I believe, through the Ten Commandments and, and what we're sharing this morning. He is concerned with what happens behind closed doors, and the commandment we're looking at today expresses that. It starts at home. So we're looking at, at the Ten Commandments. If you've got your Bibles and want to turn there with us, on, I know they're on the screen as well. We're looking at cha- um, Exodus chapter 20 through the list of the commandments um, Starting in verse 12, then, with a commandment um, this morning. Honor your father and mother. I love the second part of this verse here, right? Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. 
So we're, we're looking this today at what it means to honor your father and mother and to also honor other people. What, what is, so what does it mean to honor someone? If you, had to, if you had to think about that word for a minute, what does it mean to really honor somebody? I, I, bet, I bet most of us could, could think of a time when we felt like someone honored us and, and what they did, um, did in that moment. Think of a time maybe you honored someone else. Um, on the flip side, I think most of us can also think about a time where someone we felt someone dishonored us, right? So it was some, something happened, something was said, some behavior. I think we have a, a good understanding actually of the of the feelings that are elicited from honoring or dishonoring. But but what does it mean to, to truly in relationships um, to honor someone, especially parents here? Where the the commandment is is obviously directed specifically at mom and dad the parent-child relationship, but talking specifically about the concept of honor, let's, let's put this into practice some in, into other relationships. Um, the, the Hebrew word here that's used in, in honor um, means to make heavy or weighty, to make heavy or weighty. Now, that doesn't seem to correlate with this concept, but think, think about it here. It literally means to weigh someone down with esteem and respect. I love that word picture there. Think of the concept of heaping compliments on someone. You've heard that said. You're just throwing um, esteem and, and respect at someone. This that that's what this word means here. That the the concept there. The opposite word now uh, for honor can also help us understand the word honor itself. The opposite word for honor in Hebrew is the word kalel. Um, and I'm now no Hebrew scholar, so maybe I'm not saying it right. <laughs> Kalal, the, the word is always translated to mean to curse, but literally means to make light of. It means to treat the position with no respect or to, quote, honor lightly. Think of the difference, right, between those two things. Heaping compliments on someone versus making light of someone. Honor versus disrespect. Do you see the difference? The vast difference. Uh, and Christians, we should work to honor people, to heap compliments on somebody, to, uh, to esteem them heavily. As followers of Christ, I think we, are, we should be examples in how we honor those around us. This morning, let, let's talk about now um, also honoring those in authority, right? Let's talk about honoring people in authority. Um, we know that as leaders, those of us in any type of leadership capacity, um, it, it, hopefully before we, we demand honor, right, we also must be honorable, right, to act and to live and to behave honorably. We're going we're gonna to talk um, a little later this morning about um, how to show honor even when we don't feel like someone deserves honor. Right, I know that as we're having this conversation, uh, you you might already be thinking, "Man, but they don't deserve it." <laughs> right? We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but first, some good instruction from the New Testament book of Titus. Um, check out the screens of your Bibles there with me this morning. Titus three, one and two. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Whew, that's tough, right? This is challenging at times for all of us. 
It's challenging for all of us as, as, um, as parents, especially, um, if I may ask, how do we live honorably before our children? Let's, let's look a little bit more now at the parent child relationship. How do we live honorably before our children? There, there are a lot of, a lot of directions we could go with this conversation that something that stuck out, stuck out to me this morning. Um, one area I often see parents, um, falter and I've, I've had a tendency to do this myself as well. We, we, I think we, make this mistake some try, sometimes of trying to be our children's friends, right? I, I think we, we can slip into that practice. What do I mean by that? Um, when, when they're young, they, children need parents. They need, they need leadership and guidance. When they are grown, I think um, we, we have the, the um, option to, to be more of a relationship of like a friend, but, but we need as young kids to learn to be their parent. There's a there's a fine line there between buddy and parent, I think, that, um, that is, is challenging sometimes to walk. How, how many know that sometimes, um, parents, we, we've got to make difficult decisions for our children because we love them, um, not because we want them to like us, right? And, and I think those two concepts, when we come to decisions, those two concepts often collide, right? And, and if, if we're worried about being friend, then we, we sometimes can't make the difficult decisions. It's, um, we please them because it's the easier road. Um, so I've been a parent now for 13 plus years. I'm definitely no expert. Um, but one of the things I've definitely learned is that the, the easier road is not necessarily the best road, right? The, the easier road is not necessarily the best road. I think we, I think we can sometimes mistakenly, um, train our kids actually to disobey. Uh, how, and let me give you an example. How, how many have done this? I'm going to count to three. One, a two. Does any, does any child come at one? Does anybody come at, any child come at one? They don't, do they? They don't. I, I think we, I think we've accidentally maybe unintentionally trained them that we don't mean business until three, right? <laughs> but one, you're okay. Two, come on now, listen to me. Three, get over here, you know? My father-in-law used to always tell Brittany, my wife and I, um, as our kids started to grow, um, that if we can expect them to listen on three, we should expect them to listen before one. I always thought that was great advice and believe me, I didn't always, I didn't always follow it. He'd also say, um, he said, say, Brandon, Brittany, as soon as they're old enough to learn to disobey, they're old enough to be taught how to obey. Right. As soon as you, you start to see those, um, you start to see those, um, uh, the, the leanings towards sin and kids early. I'm, I'm just saying you do right. You the kids first words are often mine, right? That's, that's not, you know, that's one of the first words that they, that they learn. Maybe we unknowingly communicate to our kids by our actions. Do as I say, not as I do right through that through those types of examples as parents and as adults we 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 need to learn to model the behavior of honoring those in authority and we are teaching our kids what that means in our home right if your kids here's another here's another question for you a question for me to ask of myself if your kids hear you disrespect teachers parents other parents those those in political office <laughs> or anyone in an authoritative position, they will learn quickly from you what is acceptable 
than treating those in authority. Amen? They see that modeled. So how do we talk about leaders? And maybe even more importantly, how do we talk about leaders we don't agree with? I'll never forget a humbling, um, this was a very humbling learning experience for me as a parent. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of, of, of dirt on myself. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, we were in a, a PetSmart store. Okay. We were in PetSmart just walking around, not buying any pets, by the way, <laughs> not buying any pets. And, and we're just walking back to the cat area. You know, you sneak around the outside. We have this, we just have this, um, uh, pattern that we do. We go in, we look at the fish and then you go and you veer and there's the hamsters and the birds and the snakes and, I always try to convince my wife to let my son get a snake, but it never happens. And then we walk around to the cat area. Well, um, my, my wife and I have always said about our youngest that if there was something that shouldn't be touched, she was going to touch it. Did anybody else have a kid like that? Like if it, if, if it, if it can break, she was going to break it. Right. So, um, and, and you just couldn't keep up with her fast enough to avoid all the chaos that was about to happen. It just, we, we tried, but we, God humbled us daily with our youngest child. So she runs, she runs past the gerbils, past the fish, past the birds and runs back to the cat enclosure, you know, and I just, I feel like we're literally hurting cats sometimes with her. But before we could even get back there, she's back there pounding on the cat enclosure. Like, you know, the sign and the signs right there. Please do not tap on the glass, right? She's just knocking and she's being sweet. Hi, kitty. You know, while she's pounding on the glass. Oh my goodness. So before I could even get up to her, you know, to tell her that you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, an employee had come out of the cat area, right? An employee from the store was there, had come out of the cat enclosure and starts scolding Reagan right, you know, right, right there. Um, she, I, she was pretty harsh with her, just being honest. She was pretty harsh with her. Maybe she had a bad day. I don't know what was going on, but, um, she, she, anyways, <laughs> she, um, she, mu- cats must have been her only friends. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't going to say it. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, you know, talk to me later about my feelings about cats. But so she comes. And so as I'm walking up, I I witness this and I'm, I'm, I'm going into dad mode, right? I'm getting defensive. I'm getting upset that she talked to my, my, at the time, like six or seven year old daughter. It didn't make sense why an adult would talk to a kid like that. Blah, 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 on and on. I was upset, right? And I let her know about it, right? Right there, in front of my kids, in front of everybody. I let her know how upset I was. And maybe, you know, we, we tend to second-guess ourselves often, maybe a little bit with second-guessing, but I, but I know that I was not gracious and kind to that woman that day. And it, But as we walked out of that store, you know, as I was feeling a sense of justice, right, for the things that I had said to her, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And reminded me, pointed out, I'd responded out of frustration and defense of my daughter and ended up responding the exact same way that she had to my daughter. In front of my kids, then, I did not honor that woman at the store that day. Um, and I had to apologize to my kids as we walked out to the, out to the car that I had responded incorrectly to her. And there, there would have been a better way. There would have been a better way for her to respond to my daughter, yes, but there was a better way that I should have responded to her and I had messed up that day. 
I did not show her any honor. Family counselor um, Gary Smalley said that the lower the value we attach to a person, the easier we can justify dishonoring them by yelling or treating them with disrespect. You see that? Ouch, that was, that was kind of for me right there, right, and how I treated that woman that day. I, we don't realize that we're doing that those things, um, but, it, but it's the reality. Do we honor people regardless of their status? Do we honor them? I love the picture of, of schools and staffs and other places honoring the janitors at the school, right, and, and things like that, the lunch ladies, things like that, what, what other people might see as a quote-unquote lowly position. Do we honor people in every position, in every status, because ultimately we know that God honors them, right? The same, the same. He loves them the same. The problem is, the problem is, I think, that many of us are so quick to react emotionally when we feel offense. I know for me, that's probably what I did that day at the pet store. We end up, in, in, in doing that, we end up dishonoring others with our words and actions. Of, of course, we feel justified, right? We feel justified because of how we were treated and we excuse our own behavior then by saying our reaction was only because of what they did, right? In moments of emotion, we often replace the golden rule from Matthew seven twelve that says do to others what you would have them do to you with do to others what they do to you. We replace that, right, in moments of emotion. We need to remember the, the, what the golden rule actually says, do to others what you would have them treat others the way you want to be treated. Children see how we honor or dishonor our spouses, a boss, a teacher, or anyone in authority. And yet, I know many of us are thinking um, thinking it, so here's an important question on this subject. How do I honor my parents or others when they weren't honorable to me or, or to whoever else? This This can cause very mixed feelings for many of us who have, Many of us who may have experienced um, uh, family lives that were less than honorable, right? By no means um, does does this mean does this conversation here mean we we put up with abuse? Um, but let me give you a couple of things here for those of you that may have had this kind of experience um, growing up. Church, pray for your parents. Pray for those who mistreated you. Prayer gives you the heart, gives me the heart of Christ for that person. Prayer will help you also to not hold on to bitterness, to not hold on to hatred that I might have in my life because of that situation. Don't allow bitterness and hatred to control you and to make you dishonor others. I've talked to many people who were put down, called stupid treated horribly in horrible situations uh, and often by the very people who were supposed to be building you up, the very people that were supposed to be communicating God's love to you through that parent-child relationship often became the ones tearing you down. It was horrible situations that I've heard people have, have walked through. Maybe it was abuse. These are difficult, difficult, horrible, unimaginable things that people go through. Church, this is where forgiveness comes in. Through Christ, you all know, through Christ, we can forgive any situation. That does not mean that one should not be held accountable, right? That does not mean that. It doesn't doesn't whitewash 
the situation, but real and complete forgiveness allows real and complete healing to happen. I want you to listen to, I want you to listen to, to part of an article from Carola Finch, um, uh, who is a survivor and author of, um, a survivor of childhood abuse and also an author, author. She writes this, my healing from child mistreatment began when I decided to forgive my father and mother for what they did to me. Forgiveness is a process, she says, that I needed to revisit when triggers reminded me of the past injustice and abuse she faced, I faced. I eventually was able to have a good relationship with my parents without the shadow of bitterness or unforgiveness. Isn't that incredible? That is, is the healing that only Christ can bring. No parent is perfect. No teacher or boss or leader or pastor or any leader in authority is perfect. Honor starts with exemplifying it then in our own lives. Respect and honor your parents and those in authority in spite of their weaknesses, in spite of their um, in spite of their, their challenges, their issues. I want to share a special prayer with you this morning um, as the worship team comes to, to close us. Um, I want to share a special prayer with you this morning from author Meg um, Buker on honoring parents. Um, would you bow your heads with me as we pray, pray this this morning? Father, parenting is humbling. At times, we as parents feel helpless to our own faults. We know we won't get it right every time. There will be many times when our patience expires and our choices will not align with your will. We ask for your forgiveness, Father, for when we fall short as parents. Bless the generations that have gone before us and the legacies and lessons they left for us to learn from. Help us honor our parents and caregivers Work a miracle in our hearts to forgive those who have been mistreated, oppressed, and abused us. We can't do that in our own power, God, nor can we see each other as you see us. Adjust our perspective daily to see and honor the people you have placed in our lives, especially our fathers and mothers. Forgive us for criticizing them, battling them, and dishonoring them with our words and behaviors. Help us honor you, God, by how we honor them and each other. Praise you, Lord, for making a way for us, regardless of how far we fall short. There is power in your name. May we call on you always. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said, amen, amen. Church, as we close this morning, I hope you've seen and heard um, the, the elevation of the commandment to honor, especially to moms and dads, but also to leaders, to those in authority. Here's what I hope you leave with today. May the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts when we dishonor someone, to repent when we've wronged someone, and may we show that same grace then to others and forgiveness that have wronged and dishonored us. And regardless of the situations we face, church, the good or the bad examples we may have had of how to honor, remember that Christ alone can redeem every situation. Amen? It's my favorite aspect of our faith. Christ is a redeeming God. And our stories do not have to end at abuse. 
Our stories do not have to end at mistreatment. They do not have to stop there and and to lead us the rest of our lives. Christ provides a way free from the things that we have faced. Jesus alone has that power to give us the opportunity of a new legacy. Maybe you didn't have that best example, but with Jesus you have the hope of a brand new life. As we stand together, would you stand with me as we worship this morning? I want to draw your attention to a line in the song we're going to sing here that says, Not for a minute was I forsaken. Not for a minute. I don't know the things you've walked through individually. Some of you I do. Some of you have shared them with me. I don't know all the pain that you faced. But even... Here, here's what to here's what to remember this morning. Even in the most painful situations imaginable, God did not forsake you. He was always present, always within reach. As we sing together this morning, I pray that you'll give the most painful moments you faced to the Lord, and let Him heal those moments in you. Amen. Let's worship together.